0: There's an area in Green Mountain National Forest, located in Vermont, that believers in the paranormal call the Bennington Triangle. The area got this name because of a handful of mysterious disappearances that occurred in a five-year span, from 1945 to 1950, and it alludes, of course, to the Bermuda Triangle, which has had its own slew of strange disappearances. 18-year-old Paula Jean Weldon, the subject of tonight's episode, was the second person to go missing in that area of Green Mountain National Forest during this period. Paula was a college student who set out on Vermont's Long Trail in December 1946. She was dressed for walking and not a long hike, wearing only jeans, a coat, and sneakers. Her clothes showed that she planned to return before dark when temperatures were supposed to drop below freezing. Paula told her roommate that she was, quote, taking a long walk and she never returned. Join me this week as we discuss the enigma of the disappearance of Paula Jean Weldon. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. In case you guys haven't heard already, I have a really exciting announcement. Straight Up Enigmas is now on iTunes slash Apple Music. And it's just so exciting to see the show growing and getting out there to more platforms. I'm still working on getting it on those different places like Google Music, Google Play, and uh, Spotify. So it's just really fun doing this, and I really sincerely am so grateful for all of your support. I hope you all had a spooky, fun, and safe Halloween. I know I did, and now I'm already listening to Christmas music. I mean, I would listen to Thanksgiving music if there was any, but you know, we we gotta jump right to Christmas music. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into tonight's subject matter. Just as a little disclaimer though, we are going to be talking about a disappearance tonight, so I want you to know that suicide is going to be brought up as a possible explanation, so just so you know, if that's going to negatively affect anyone listening, I want you to know that that's coming up. I'll also say as a warning that this episode is a little bit more graphic than others. It's not going to be too violent or gory, but I'd probably compare it to the John Bonet Ramsey episode, that first episode that we did, just so that you have something to kind of compare it to. Paula was an 18 year old sophomore at Bennington College in Bennington, Vermont at the time of her disappearance. She was Caucasian, had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a squarish jaw with a cleft chin and a slightly upturned nose. She was 5'5 and around 122 pounds, which will come into play later. Paula lived with her parents and three younger sisters in Stamford, Connecticut when she was not in school. She enjoyed painting in oils and watercolors, pencil and charcoal, sketching, and playing the guitar and she was physically active and an experienced hiker and camper. She was last seen on December 1st, 1946. She worked the breakfast and lunch shifts at the dining hall in the college, came back to her dormitory room in Dewey Hall, and spoke to her roommate for a while before saying she was going to go take a study break and go for a long walk. She didn't say where she was headed. Paula left campus a little after 2.30 p.m. She was probably carrying little or no money at the time, and she had also left behind an uncashed check her parents had sent her for her living costs. She was also underdressed for the cold weather, which would drop below freezing that night. She was described as wearing a red parka with a fur-trimmed hood, blue jeans, and white topsider sneakers. Paula was hitchhiking near the Bennington campus when a motorist driving by picked her up at 2.45 p.m. So, this is still, it's still kind of in the middle of the day. She told him she was going to hike on the long trail off Route 9 near Glastonbury Mountain. The driver dropped her off on Route 9 about three miles from her destination. Several others saw her that day walking on the trail. The last confirmed sighting of Paula was at 4 o'clock p.m. when she spoke to a man on the trail and asked him how far it extended. He told her it went all the way to Canada. The sun set at about 5 p.m. and it began snowing a few hours after that, accumulating 3 inches. Paula was never heard from again. Her roommate became concerned the next morning when she realized that Paula had never come home the previous night. So later that morning, she notified the school authorities of Paula's disappearance. At the time, Bennington students were required to sign, uh, to sign themselves out if they planned to stay out past 11 p.m., then check in with the school security offer, officer when they returned. And Paula had done neither of those things. When she didn't show up for her classes the following Monday, Bennington college officials notified her family and the police. An extensive search of the Long Trail and the surrounding area turned up no sign of Paula and no significant clues. The search was severely hampered by the fact that Vermont had no state police at the time. Eventually, officials from Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New York stepped in to help. Investigators, at first, they thought that Paula had gotten lost in the mountains and died of exposure, but as time passed without their finding any sign of her, no sign whatsoever, they began to consider other theories. Authorities looked into Weldon's background to see if she might have left of her own accord, of her own choice. She had never had a steady boyfriend, and she was a good student majoring in art, but she had lately become less interested in the subject. She found herself drawn to music and botany instead, and may have been thinking of changing her major. Although there were reports that she was somewhat depressed at the time of her disappearance, her family and friends said that she only had normal problems for a girl her age and she was not unhappy enough to commit suicide or run away from home. She left all of her belongings behind and her family stated she was not the type of person to leave without warning. Investigators found a man who stated that he had seen Paula soon before her disappearance. This young man became a suspect when he told different stories about where he had spent the evening of December 1st. Allegedly, uh, he had also told at least two friends that he knew where she was buried, but he later claimed that he was only joking. There is no real evidence of foul play in Paul's disappearance, but many people believe she was murdered and buried somewhere near the long trail. The search continued, but nobody has ever found Paula or her remains. There was only one positive aspect about this case, if you can find anything positive in such a sad story. The total, just disastrous handling of the search by multiple agencies led to the creation of the Vermont State Police the following year in 1947. Okay, so those are the facts. That's what we know about the night of her disappearance. Now let's review some quick details before we talk about the theories. She wasn't dressed warmly enough to be out for long, especially at night. She didn't seem like she was planning on staying out for a long time because she didn't take any money with her. She left her money in her apartment. She did tell her roommate she was going for a long walk, but that could mean anything. I mean... She could have just said it flippantly as if she needed a while to go walk around and clear her head after studying for such a long time. And I bring this up because some people think that Paula committed suicide. That that term, the long walk meant death, that she was never coming back. So let's let's talk about that theory first then. We we know that she was a little depressed at the time of her disappearance, but her family says her family and friends said that I mean, she didn't have any problems that were outside of the norm for what other girls her age had. She was thinking of changing her major to botany. And one of the signs of depression is a lack of interest in things you used to find interesting. They said that she, she wasn't as interested in her art major. She was thinking of changing. The thing is, though, if she decided to wander off into the woods and let herself freeze to death where's her body? I mean, even if wild animals got a hold of her, there would be remains of some kind, right? I mean, they didn't even find a scrap of clothing. So if she didn't intend to commit suicide, there's still the possibility that she just went for a walk and got lost and either A, died of hypothermia, B, was eaten by wild animals, or C, fell off a cliff. And maybe there's some other things that could have happened to to her. But then again, where is her body? There has to be some evidence, something left behind, but like I said, they didn't even find a scrap of clothing. So because no trace of her was found, that's why the investigators started looking at other theories. Some people have claimed that Paula was abducted, that the Bennington Triangle monster got her. Uh, There's also the theory that Paula was murdered, Some have asked whether she had a secret boyfriend that she was going to meet or maybe she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and she ran into someone who overpowered her and ended up taking her life. Uh, So remember, there was that one man who said that he had seen Paula that night, then he later claimed that he knew where she was buried. He admitted he was just kidding, that he was messing around, but it seems a little suspicious to me. The craziest thing about Paula Jean's disappearance, I think, is that no remains were ever found. She literally disappeared into thin air, hence why some people believe in the alien abduction theory. It just breaks my heart thinking about her poor family and them just wondering where she went, never getting any closure. One one of the reasons this story stands out to me so much is because one of my dad's best friends in high school his sister was abducted and killed by serial killer Ted Bundy. I mean, they think so because Bundy admitted to it after they showed him her picture, but they never found her body in the place where he said he had buried her. You know, can you really trust a murderer's word after all? Just like Paula Jean's family, they never got that closure. Uh, They never had a body to bury, and I'll probably cover her story in a later episode, but it's just so sad, so sad thinking about what these families have to go through. Um. Alright, you guys, that is all I have on Paula Jean Weldon. Thank you so much for listening. You guys, if you have any theories about what uh, what could have happened to Paula, um, or if you know of Some other disappearance type stories that kind of sound like Paula's. Please let me know, and I could maybe feature it on an episode of the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can DM me on Instagram at StraightUpEnigmas. You can also go to StraightUpEnigmas.home.blog, and there is a contact page, so you can get in touch with me that way if you want to submit some episode story ideas to me. Remember to uh, show your support by following the show and that's it for this week and i will see you all next week for a brand new episode of straight up enigmas